baby. Tuesday afternoon here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. It is La Crosse Talk PM. I'm Dave. He is Rick. And we're happy to be with you here on WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM and 92.3 FM. Hope you guys are enjoying the uh, first slash last two days of spring. Because from what I have heard, and this is just me and probably you if you live in the state of Wisconsin and you're listening to my voice, from what I have heard, uh, we are supposed to be involved in what has been dubbed a bomb cyclone, which could dump as much as I've, I've even heard reports of 20-plus inches of snow north of the Twin Cities. So hope you had a good time outside last night or yesterday. It was a little windy, and today, if you got outside, that's great. We're going to have a fun show here today. The Better Hearing Center talk and text line is wide open at 785-7914. That's 785-7914. And uh, looks like Rick's getting up the, uh, well, all the different bells and whistles that we have coming up here. Maybe even Facebook Live today. Not sure. No Facebook Live. Okay, that's good. I'm not really for the camera. Can I take my hat off then? Awesome. I'm going to take my hat off now. You see, this is called real-time radio magic. All right, so I've got a couple of things for you guys today. Ah, yes, the text line. Boy, that's big type. I can even read some of that stuff. i got a couple things for you guys, and I'd love to get some input, because this seems to be a topic that it doesn't matter where you go, there's going to be a lot of chatter around. And that's the $15 an hour minimum wage, which is being proposed by a number of different candidates for political office. The fight for 15, if you will. And the reason I wanted to talk about this particular subject matter today isn't because of any political person, but because a buddy of mine, oh, I'll just tell you who it is, Matt Scrady. I do a morning show with him on WKTY 96.7 FM. He was up in Minneapolis recently, Rick, at the um, Mall of America, and he was with his kids walking around taking in some of that great three-on-three basketball uh, they had up here at the Mall of America this last weekend. It was awesome. College kids and, uh, you know, some semi-pros did a really cool tournament. It was on TV. The point of the matter is, Matt, my buddy, uh, typically, I would say, leans conservative in, in, in ideology, notices a guy working behind the sandwich counter and just, like, busting, right? An older fella, uh, perhaps a senior citizen, just busting his hump. And the thought comes to Matt, this guy should be able to make a living wage. Like, he's behind the counter. He's working hard. And he should be able to make a living wage. Maybe this whole $15 an hour thing isn't such a bad idea. So the premise of that got me thinking about what is the government's role, too, by the way, Rick, in the distribution of empathy and fairness. Is there a precedent for this? Do we have a, a standard? Is it constitutional? And should the government institute a $15 an hour minimum wage? Again, the number seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. 7914 Also, I'd be curious to get your thoughts here on uh, what to do with rising tide and water. I know that seems like a hard left turn, but I just heard some stuff coming in here, you know, about the, the whole winter mix that we could get here in the next couple of days. And, boy, the river's 13 feet high. Uh, do you know how to properly prepare your house? Because if so, I could use a couple of tips. So, Rick, let me ask you first. Um, should the government institute a $15 an hour minimum wage? Are, are you for that on its general premise? Yeah, I mean, it depends on... Which government? But like, let's say the federal government. Like there's a federal national minimum wage yeah. now, whatever it is, seven twenty. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, well, why fifteen? I guess that would be the number. I mean, we always say that fifteen. Eventually, fifteen's not enough. Eventually, sure, because of inflation and everything. Sure. Right, right. Um, it's always kind of funny that that's always the number. Um, and then you always hear like Amazon goes to fifteen, Target just went to thirteen, Walmart's at twelve. You know, like these individual businesses are right, are, right. are trying to make headlines doing that. So, well, the city of I think it was Seattle, Washington, back in two thousand fourteen, instituted a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. And at first, the, the consequences, you know, economically were were quite drastic. It was like, whoa, 
Uh, there's some slowdown there in hiring. It's worked out for them. So individual places, they, they've done this already. It, it, this isn't an outside of the... Uh, this isn't outside of the paradigm of, 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 of ever happened type thing. Well, that's, Illinois is doing this too, right? Aren't they going right? They're they trying are. to go right well, to Chicago at least. I mean, the idea of giving people more money to spend on stuff is pretty simple concept. Like eventually, like at first, it might hit businesses hard. Like, oh, we're going to pay. But eventually, those people that you're paying to work at your business are going to spend money around your business. And, that's always the hope, right? You know, the, the guy working at Starbucks for 15 an hour might go next door to the whatever shop, you know, sandwich shop, and get a sandwich over there. And the guy at the sandwich shop is going to go over to Starbucks and get a coffee. And they're all going to be doing that more when they have more money in their pocket. I don't think they're doubling down on their stock options. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, I yes, absolutely do not think that. $15 an hour, by the way, works out to be about 28000 and change a year. Okay, if you get a vacation or perhaps you get a couple of other, you know, mild benefits, it could work whoa, out whoa, to whoa. about. We're not, we're not giving vacation. Well, I'm just incorporating this just into the totality. 15. Listen, regulator. Okay, just the totality of the package, you know, the compensation package, if you will. Uh, it could be around 31000 but it's about twenty eight grand a year. All right, so I don't want to get you know mired into the numbers because the numbers, well, they are important, and we'll talk about some of the numbers here and what 15 has to do with that. Uh, but I just wanted to get your, you, you know, take your temperature. What do you think about a $15 an hour minimum wage? Listen, I think that there is, you know, obviously a necessity for having a, a floor to everything, right? Like there's got to be a floor. The ceiling is a different question for a different day, but there has to be a floor, and I, I think that's that's appropriate. And the Minimum Wage Act, I believe, went into effect back in, like, 1938. It's been a while, uh, and, of course, it's gradually increased through the years. I mean, it's a joke that it's 750 right? Like, yes. That's a joke. Yeah, in, in, in most places, that would absolutely do nothing. I, I think that that's, that's a fallacy, to think that $7.50 is, is anything uh, other than a floor. But this starts to morph into a couple of different kinds of questions for me. Right, Like I mentioned to you before, one of the questions that I have is what is the role of, in, in the federal government anyways in the distribution of empathy and fairness? Like what is the role there? If we're asking for a federal national minimum wage of $15, what's the role of the government to play there? Uh, I'm more of a states' rights kind of guy, meaning that if you live in a state that wants to do a $15-an-hour minimum wage and you really dig that, well, you're in the right place. Uh, if you live in a state that wants to legalize the use of recreational marijuana, and you live in that state, and you're thinking, yeah, this is great. Well, you're in the right place. If you don't like those things, you can always leave, right, ostensibly. You can always get out of that, opt out, if you will. So part of me looks at the federalization of something like $15 an hour and says, okay, well, like you said, that sounds good. It's, it's a good number, but is that enough? Well, the Pew Research firm, which is wildly respected, I hope, anyways. And by the way, all my research, I've got the, uh, the links, and if you ever want me to send it to you, I will. Despite the name. The pew. the pew. I mean, pew, 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 or pew. <laughs> yeah, the P-U. Research. You know what? I don't think they had that in mind necessarily. Is it P-E-W? Does it stand for something? Uh, does, is it like, you know? You know what? I'm sure it does. Let's get on that. You, you've got the Google fingertips right, right here. I'm, I'm sitting here running the board. You type that in. I'm sure it means something. Not the point. Again, mired in non-details. I okay. automatically go to, like, R2-D2 and, and C-3PO <laughs> running through the, the Empire ship and get... Hey, that was high-quality special effects right there, man. Don't you ever forget that. There would be some angry fans around here. Uh, so, anyhow, the Pew Research firm, which is used by just about everybody for points of reference, uh, actually did something in 2018 um, that sort of looked at what $15 an hour means around the country, right? Like, so in some parts of the country... $15 an hour has a buying power of about 11 to 12 bucks. So the three most expensive parts of the entire country are all in metropolitan areas around the San Francisco Bay. Okay, like the most expensive parts of this country are in three areas around the San Francisco Bay. 
15 bucks an hour is actually about 11 to 12 bucks an hour out there in, in what it will buy you, right? Because everything's more expensive. Rent's more expensive. Gas, food, sundries, goods, all that stuff. In some parts of the country, like Wisconsin, $15 an hour is actually a little bit more like anywhere between a range of 15 to like $18 an hour in what, what it will buy you, what its purchasing power is. So when I hear the number $15 an hour, okay, that sounds fine, but then what does that really do to solve the problem nationally, right? Because in Mississippi, $15 an hour is going to put you up into the top, let's say, you know, 60% of, of wage earners. BMW driving territory? Oh, maybe not a, you know, a new one. Thing. Maybe not a new one, but a used one. All right, so what does Pew mean? Pew is a family name, not an acronym. Oh, the four children of Joseph Newton Pew, oh, who founded the Sun Oil Company, created okay. the funded and funded the Pew Charitable Trust in the late 1940s. Okay, well, there you go. It means something. So the point of all that, and thank you, Rick, by the way, that was handy research there. The point of all that was simply to, to make this this first baseline argument, and, and why I just don't think the, the fight for 15 is, is legitimately going to solve anybody's problems. $15 an hour in, in Los Angeles is not going to do anything to lift you out of poverty at all. It, it's just not. It, it's not going to change the way that you live. $15 an hour in Arkansas, that might. That actually might get you to some place that you haven't been before. You could go from you know ashy to classy real quick at 15 bucks an hour. But that's not the issue. My issue here, and the way I want to kind of continue on this, and love to have you involved as well, 785-7914, but the way that I'd like to kind of continue on this is looking at what is the role of, of, of the government to get involved with, with private business, and how would that actually affect people? Because there is a way in which this affects people. As a matter of fact, the preamble of the Constitution of the United States of America says that we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and promote the general welfare. Right, so that's a pretty open statement. So there is a role here, but what's the right role? It's Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Dave. He's Rick, and you're listening to WYZ at 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Hang with us. We'll be right back. Lacrosse Talk PM, WYZM, News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. I'm Dave. He is Rick, and we're in the saddle here with you guys today. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Awesome to be back. It's been a whole week, and it feels like it's been longer. I've missed you guys. The Better Hearing Center talking text line is 785-7914. Our buddy Eric in Sparta has been kind enough to hold online. Eric, welcome to the show. How are, how are you today, man? I'm hanging in there. That's good to hear, brother. Good to hear. So the $15 an hour minimum wage, what's what's your thought? What's your initial reaction when somebody says, hey, we want to make 15 bucks an hour the national federal minimum wage? In Wisconsin? Yeah, everywhere. The federal national minimum wage. That would, that would turn Wisconsin into a wasteland because... I can see a buck an hour in Wisconsin, but 50 national wage, uh-uh, don't work. There's a lot of people who are making more than $7 an hour, maybe, maybe make it $10, maybe 15 and everybody else below them goes up to 15 And the $50, guys, the $10 is what, what $3 more. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I was kind of wondering this myself because, you know, the idea of giving people more money is always awesome, right? I love money, and you know, I'm sure you love money, too. Uh, where does the money I think, come I think, I think Wisconsin could maybe stand withstand a $1 an hour raise, but if you live in uh, California or the big cities where the cost of living is so damn high, that's why I have these homeless camps out there. Well, uh, that's kind in of... San Francisco, in San Francisco, to, to a rental, one-room apartment costs you $3,900. I was reading this in some magazines I read but uh, 
That's all the liberals fight. So that's why they want. That's why they want to turn everything into socialism because that way they can lower all this stuff so everybody can be equal. Nobody has any incentive to do anything good in the world and and uh, do things that make the world, place a better world because well, there's no point. There's no point trying to get ahead of yourself because capitalism works and socialism doesn't. Mm. Well, Eric, I do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off the line here because I want to answer that question because um, it's loaded, right? So, I mean, he, he brought up a lot of different points. Eric, thank you for your call today. Glad to hear from you. Um, so, in in one respect, Rick, Eric's right. Like, so, 15 bucks an hour in San Francisco, and I mentioned this earlier. According to the Pew Research firm, that's the three most expensive areas in the country are in and around San Francisco. Um, if you were gonna give somebody, like, let's say, a 15 dollar an hour, like, so if it was supposed to be 15 bucks an hour minimum wage, right? If you were in New Yorker or if you were in, like, San Francisco, you'd actually have to give them, at least according to Pew, a little bit closer to, like, $19.41. But if you're in Arkansas, like I mentioned, 13 bucks an hour is really more like 15 bucks an hour. So that becomes a difficult path forward. Something else Eric mentioned here that, that's got to come into the conversation is what does happen to people who are right now not making 7 bucks an hour but, say, making 13 bucks an hour, 14 bucks an hour, heck, even $14.92 an hour. What about those people? Well, that's an interesting question, because if you're going to raise up those that have the jobs, and I'm not saying that work isn't hard, right, at this level. It's not that hard work isn't involved in this. It's just that if you take a job which requires no skill, working in a fast food restaurant is considered a no-skill job. I'm not saying that you can't get artistic with that, because I know you can with anything. But if you're looking at jobs with no skill, getting 15 bucks an hour, 18, whatever the national minimum wages, what do you do with somebody who's gotten married? Now, my friend Rick over here is a writer. Uh, you work in radio, which, okay, you want to talk about two professions you have to do for the love and not for the money. But you have merit. You have built yourself a career based upon your merit. We call that a meritocracy if the society worked that way, where if you have merit, you ascend, you make more money. Why is it fair for somebody who has merit and is better at something than somebody else, better at writing stories or being on the radio, why should he get paid less than somebody who has no skill? That becomes a rub for me, right? And that's when I look at all these things. If we look at the $15 an hour minimum wage as the baseline, okay, great. You want to raise up the minimum from there. Awesome. What about the rest of us? Do we all get a percentage-based raise? Rick, by the way, who's online? Tom. Tom. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Okay, I'll make a few points here, and then if you want, you can ask me a question. First of all, your last statement was, or your question statement was excellent. But I'll just tell you that America became a strong economy because we have free enterprise. The government is free to determine wages for government employees, but they are not free, should not, to try to determine the value of private enterprise employees. Those employees should be paid what they're worth. And if they're not paid what they're worth, they should go get a different job. And if they don't have a good enough skill, then they need to go get some training and provide a valuable skill to an employer, and then they will be paid way over minimum wage. And we do have an economy right now where basically nobody's working for minimum wage. We have a strong economy. I call it the Trump economy, and, and things are booming, and they are paying what they have to to get help, and even then they can't get enough help. So free enterprise will solve the problem. The government does not mean, need to mandate what a person is worth. Yeah, I, I think that you're, uh, you're pretty much right on there, Tom. And, um, you know, I, I would say this, you know, the idea that, that capitalism is in its strongest place right now, I don't know if I agree with that because there's a bit too much crony capitalism, right? We, we understand that small businesses get the brunt of the tax burden in the country while certain others get a little bit 
less of that brunt. So in that respect, I'll slightly disagree. But on the premise uh, base that you just you kind of jumped off from there, yes, I agree with you that doing something better than somebody else gives you a better opportunity to make more money. That's just what it is. I, I will also say this, Rick, and I think that there's a very important part for things like unions. If you want to collectively bargain with your employer for better wages, better working conditions, absolutely, 100% do I stand by that. That's how individuals can combat private business with respect to bad business practices. And that's what the unions of this country were, were famous for, right? So the eight-hour-a-day, five-day-a-week uh, five work week that we enjoy now is only due to large unions at, at the turn of the century, the, you know, 1917 to 1920-ish uh, in that area, when they really got their hold. And that's when Upton Sinclair's book, The Jungle, came out. So, you know, not to get too far off track, but... If you want to collectively bargain, I'm fine with that, too. But like Tom mentioned, I do have a bit of a problem with the federal government making federal mandates for individual states. Here in Wisconsin, we're absolutely desperate for employees, people that can work, that can do good jobs, that can stay in Wisconsin, that can stand the floods and the winter and the mosquitoes and the bugs in the summer. Trust me, coming from out west, these are things that you have to deal with, and they are different. If you're not used to them. So to attract more employees, yeah, we're looking for everything, right, in the state of Wisconsin. But in other places like California, Rick, $15 an hour, that doesn't do anything to change my situation. So if I'm in California, I need something more like 20 bucks an hour. That's where I think states need to take more control of this, as opposed to looking for the federal savior. All you're wearing is shorts and sandals out there, though. So you don't have, well, to, buy, you don't have to buy a winter coat. You don't have to buy a snowmobile. That's not true. Man, they look at that. They got dumped with snow in California. Vegas snowed four times this winter. Now, to your point, yes, mostly you're wearing... Uh, you know, less clothes than more, but, you know, you still need more money, right? So if you live in L.A., if you live in Frisco, if you live in New York City, good God, $15 an hour is not going to do anything for you. But if you live in, like I mentioned, Arkansas, and if you guys would like to see this, right, like how the Pew Research Firm has this all broken down, because there's a map and you can check out where you know, states are a little bit higher, where they're a little bit lower, um, you know, obviously the price levels are highest in urban areas and those on the coast. That's just the, the way that it is. And, and we get that. But in rural areas, $15 an hour is like, wow, that's a lot. And you do have to wonder how the effect of that would be on, say, a one, two-person shop, right? So if you're a mom-and-pop shop and you're pulling in basically just enough to keep the door open and keep you alive, are you going to be able to afford $15 an hour? And it, and it sounds fine, and, 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 and it sounds great to say, well, we just take it from the top. And a, a friend of mine, before we got this show started today, said, well, some CEO is going to need to take uh, less of a, you know, one less jet this year. Okay. We work for a public, or not a public, a privately owned company right here at Midwest Family Broadcasting, an employee-owned company. What would we do? I mean, if everybody needed to get the precipitous raise up, nobody here's making out with private jets. Where does the money come from? I'm just not sure. All right, so we're going to step aside. we get a little look at news. 785-7914 is the number of the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Love to hear from you today. I see we've got a number of texts in as well. Bill, Greg, we'll get to you uh, in just a bit. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. It's David's Rick. Stick around. We'll be back. All right, Lacrosse Talk PM, WIZM, News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. I'm Dave. He's Rick. Thanks for being with us today. Great talking to you. The Better Hearing Center talk and text line is 785-7914. You want to get yourself here with us on the program? We'd love to have you. I'll be back with you guys on Tuesday of next week. Rick, tomorrow coming up on the show. Uh, what do you got planned for listeners? I'm still brainstorming. Oh, brainstorming, you say. All right, good. Well, it's why you make the big bucks, so right? Before the show, we had an idea, and then I forgot what it was. Because I, I need to write these things down right yes. away. Because I can't, 
I, I should know this after like uh, over a decade of being a journalist and be like, oh, that's a good lead for a story. I'll remember it. Repeat it in my head over and over and over and over and then forget it 10 minutes Well, later. that's, you know, when you've got like, I don't know, NBA 2K to play or perhaps, you know, some late season Minnesota Timberwolves basketball tonight versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City. I don't know if they're going to play anybody, but uh, actually, no, the Thunder play the Bucks tomorrow tonight. It's the Raptors at the uh, the T-Wolves there. So, anyways, Brewers on the road. They're facing the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That's awesome. Uh, and if you were tuning in with us here prior to the uh, the news, you might have picked up our conversation. We're asking the question about the $15 an hour minimum wage. You know, and is this a real idea? Is this a good idea? And if so, to, to what degree is the government's role to be the distributor of empathy and fairness? Now, my friend, it brought this to my attention, seeing somebody over the weekend at, at I don't know, the Mall of America working real hard behind the uh, the lunch counter. And he's like, man, this guy's working real hard, and uh, I wish he could make a living wage. Well, a couple of things came to mind. Not only, A, that was a surprising turn from somebody who doesn't generally think very introspectively of others, at least on initial blush, uh, but also, yeah, that, that sounds like the right idea. It sounds like the right idea. Now, a couple of other things came up into my mind immediately after that, where I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, and especially coming from my bud, who is, like, like I said, not necessarily uh, always inclined towards those kinds of introspective thoughts. But what if the guy behind the counter was working there because he was retired and just looked for something to do? Uh, what if the guy behind the counter making the sandwiches owned the business? So without really knowing the situation we came, or he came, to a specific conclusion. Now, that was an empathetic conclusion, to be fair. But it was a jump, because we have a void of knowledge in this case, right? Like, my friend didn't know what this guy's situation is. He didn't ask him. Uh, now, if he would have gone into more detail, okay, great, then we know. But there's a whole myriad of, of things in which that individual could have been doing that particular job for. And income might not have actually been one of them. Now, when I was doing a little research here, this afternoon for preparation of the show, I went to the Pew Research Firm, and I've always got my information, my uh, source material uh, available for you. If you want to get it, I'll be happy to share it with you. But the point is, I went on to the Pew Research Firm because I wanted to see what is the real value of the $15 uh, an hour minimum wage. Like, what would this mean to people? Well, in places like, you know, Wisconsin, Arkansas, it's going to mean a little bit more, right? 15 bucks an hour would mean, purchasing-wise, about 16 17 18 bucks an hour. Places like California, New York, 15 bucks an hour equates to maybe $11.80 to $12.03. So it really would, and this is something from the Pew Research Firm that I felt was, was absolutely appropriate here, giving low-paid workers everywhere in the country the same real purchasing power, right? So if everybody was getting to get the same purchasing power, like forget 15 bucks an hour, it would require hundreds of different minimum wages scaled to each locality's cost of living. So in that respect, I can ratchet the argument back to my you know, argument in, in many different cases, and that is let the states decide. This is what we're supposed to do, right? This is what we fought for. I know we don't talk about this because it seems like the only wars we've ever had have been in Afghanistan and Iraq, but we fought for this kind of thing, for the ability for states to make these decisions by themselves without the federal government. Rick, I know we've got two on hold. Who's yep. up first? Uh, Nathan. Nathan, welcome to the program, man. What's up? Hey, I was just going to, you know, I always get a kick out of this minimum wage thing. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, it's always this, oh, the sky is falling. we got to pay this $15 an hour. Oh, you know, and it's going to be so horrible. And, oh, it's the liberals. And, oh, you know, the thing is, is that name one thing in the last 10 years that has stayed the same for business. Uh, insurance has gone up. Uh, taxes have gone up. Uh, you know, fuel costs have gone up. Um, you know, you can just go down the list of things as a small business person. Everything's gone up except wages. Now, flipping it back the other way, the person that's on a low wage, 
qualifies for many, many, many federal programs and, and, and uh, benefits. So the problem is, is that in order to get food stamps, in order to get this thing, guess what? We can't make only so many dollars a year or a month so the, to qualify for the subsidies. So in order to eliminate the subsidy, you'd have to get the wages up so the people can't qualify, and thereby you reduce your costs for the government in that manner. If people would pay less taxes because we have this, you know, building or federal debt that we're trying to, uh, you know, it, it's feeding into this into this whole thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh Nate, I agree that uh, paying less taxes is absolutely essential to all this. And, and, and one of the reasons that I've got an issue with the number 15 isn't necessarily uh, to disagree with anything what you said, because you're right. Everything's gone up. It was, have stagnated. But the purchasing power isn't the same everywhere, right? So when we look at a one, you know, a, a one fix for this, I don't know if that hits to the problem. But I love what you're saying, that if you were to empower more people uh, with more of their own money to make better decisions and or more free decisions because they had more purchasing ability, uh, there is no negative uh, to that at all. Rick, um, who's next? Andy? Yeah. Andy, what's happening, man? Hey. Oh, um, I, I really like what that guy was saying before, and yeah. I totally agree with him. Um, you should, you know, working a minimum wage job should be a better alternative to welfare. But in general, I think we could agree that it, it's always good to give, or bottom-up economics is always a better way of thinking about things. And the purpose of the minimum wage, right, is that, um, that we should be able to participate in the economy for working 40 hours a week. We should be able to be active participants, and active participants grow the economy. Uh, raising the minimum wage is good. I mean, uh, simple as that. So, okay, and then on that, because I agree with your, your premise, right, the notion there is that raising it is good and active members of the economy make more economy for all of us. What about the... Let's just face facts. The, the, the 15 bucks an hour isn't the same everywhere, right? So in California, it doesn't mean anything with respect to getting you over and above where you would be struggling, right? In Wisconsin, 15 bucks an hour is awesome. Like, you can do a lot with that. This is where I have a problem with the federal government coming in to tell us what to do. If, if a state, if each individual state wanted to break out and each individual locality say, hey, uh, like La Crosse County, if they want to make a, a $15, $20 an hour minimum wage, awesome. Like, I'm all for that. My, my main rub in this whole deal, right, and if you're just tuning in now, shade after, what, 544 here, we're talking about the idea of a $15 an hour federal national minimum wage. It doesn't fix the problem. And so with what, you know, we just had Andy say and what Nate just said, they're both right. Bottom-up economics works a lot different than top-down, which is never proven to actually work, right? The trickle-down economics has never actually worked. But we're still missing the issue. With the, the disparity of cost of living across this entire country, it becomes really hard to make a federally mandated one number. That's where you have to go back to the hundreds of different minimum wages it would require to do this around the country. How are we doing in professional sports? Professional sports pretty well off? Yeah. Do they have, uh, you know, that some sports have a minimum, but a lot of sports have a salary cap. Not baseball. Are we going at this at the wrong way? Not, not baseball. Not baseball. Well, they no, they, don't. they don't. No, they, they, they don't. They have really. no salary cap. But there's penalties. <laughs> Is there penalties? Not really. Uh, there might be. There, there, there gets into a luxury situation, yes, at some point. Um, Very soft cap. NBA, NFL, salary cap. Do yeah. we need a salary cap? Ooh. I mean, well, we never go at that, and I don't even know how to compare it, because even in the NFL, there's yeah. a salary cap only for the workers, because the owners of the team don't that, have a salary that, cap. That's right. Yeah, well, see, that poses a very interesting question, right? Like, so i, I got to say no to that, because if your talent is such that you're better than your competition, 
in whatever industry, whatever business, whatever you're doing, if, if your talent is such that you're better than the competition, you should be paid commensurate with what that talent provides, right? So if you're Denzel Washington and you can command $20 bucks a movie and Channing Tatum can only get eight, that's not Denzel Washington's fault. He should take the $20 million, okay? So that's no. I, I don't think so. Now, if we wanted to go industries and say an industry like United Steel, you got to cap off your CEO's earnings and compensation at $200 million or whatever because you're a publicly traded company. I mean, I'm fine with that, too. Uh, but I don't know. Now, I don't think on initial blush I like that. Not not much. All right, so we've got a we've got a bunch of calls on here. I know we're up against it just a teeny bit, and, and we've got a, a lot of text messages here, too, from uh, from Greg, from Andrea, from Mark, from Bill, from Libertarian Guy. Who's up next? Jake. Jake. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, good. You can't really use professional sports because all the – as a big idea, because all of those guys own other businesses that pay for them to own these big sports that pay their – employees in the other business probably below minimum wage. Like the Baltimore Ravens guy owns uh whatever the heck it is. It's a staffing agency that yeah. pays way like, below minimum like man, manpower. Right? Robert Kraft. Yeah, Robert Kraft owns well. Okay, there's that. I mean, you can look at any. Arthur Blank owns Home Depot. All these. Yes, I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could, yeah, using that money to pay all these guys this kind of big money. So. Except the Packers. Well, yeah. all right, except the Packers. They paid Aaron Rodgers, the didn't they? Yep. Hey, yeah, they, they paid Aaron Rodgers. Hope he's right, worth it. All right, thanks, buddy. Um, all right, listen, before we go back to a call, I want to read a text, all right? So Libertarian Guy, uh, thanks much for being part of the program, says, Libertarians view wages as a private matter between an employer and employee. Government should never be involved in such a private matter for a myriad of reasons. You have cited several reasons. What you have not mentioned is that the rates Medicaid pays for medical care of all kinds never changes. It's always below market rates. Therefore, medical providers of all kinds have no way to adjust for minimum wage increases unless they want to engage in more cost shifting. That is, charge more for self-pay and to insurance companies to compensate for below market rates paid by Medicaid. So in this sense, increases in minimum wage actually increases the cost of health care delivery. Bet you didn't think of that one. Dude, that's going to be a perfect way for us to take a quick break. We're coming back in one minute, all right? So hang online with us. The Better Hearing Center talking text line is 757914. You're listening to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Dave. He's Rick. You're on WIZN News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. All right, Rick, that was a little bit less than uno momento, so I appreciate you guys hanging online with us. Uh, 757914 is the Better Hearing Center uh, Better Hearing Center talking text line. We have a, a number of different texts here. Before we go back to the phones, because I guess Andy's back online. Andy, thanks for calling back. I know we had to cut you off a bit there, um, so I appreciate you getting back in touch. Um, Bill, let's see what Bill has to say. Bill says, let the businesses decide supply and demand. It's that simple. Arbitrary minimum wage is not logical. Andrea Bork said, would it make more sense to have max wages controlled like lawyers and dentists? That's interesting. I think Rick was kind of talking about something there as well. Uh, Greg says this, I believe mandating $15 an hour for entry-level jobs will result in fewer opportunities and way fewer hours for them. Let the free market decide wages. Um, and then this is from an anonymous texter. Name one place that actually pays minimum wage. How about Taco John's? I don't know. I've never been there, but I would assume 
they have to pay at least minimum I mean, wage. The idea of giving like low, what, what do you call them, low skilled workers fifty dollars yes. an hour? Man, they're going to be blowing their money on everything. The economy will go crazy. <laughs> That's it. Speakers and rails. Oh, okay. All right, we're not going there. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is Rick. Man, that is me in high school, man. Like, yeah, okay. I had all that stuff. Please, let's not do that. I think what we have to. Okay, see, now you're going to make me say something because we got to clear this up. That's not what we are saying here. And by the way, the views and opinions of the hosts and guests on this show are those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily staff and management of Midwest Family Broadcasting. No, I, I think that that is the idea. If you put people in more control of their money, if you give them more money, you would hope it goes into the economy more, and that's generally uh, what would happen. Um, it's hard to wrap my mind around what we would do with a ma- like a salary cap, like a, like the ladies, the detector said, a cap the dentist and the lawyer's yeah. salary. Yeah. Like, where do they take the extra money then? Do they give it to their employees, or they do do they do what colleges do and just like make bigger weight rooms, that, and bigger buildings? That, you know they, I mean? they, they, okay, listen, the distribution comes by by fighting. If you want more of a share of something, you have to go out and fight for it. And that's what I talked about with respect to unions. I believe very, very, very much in the ideas behind collective bargaining. I agree very much that people together should be able to collectively change their fortunes with respect to their workplace. Again, that is not a federal mandate. That is a personal one, and one that I think that unions, if they weren't so damn corrupt, would have been the most shining example of equitable uh, workers' rights possibly ever. Unfortunately, as we know, it didn't exactly work out that way. Andy's back with us here uh, at 785-7914. Andy, thanks for calling back, man. I know we had a whole bunch of stuff and we had to go. Um, so, so let's pick up where we left off. So you said something about basically the uh, what is the role of the government in all of this? Right. Well, I would like to point to the Commerce Clause, where it is the role of the government to regulate interstate and international uh, trade and economies, right? So one, uh, they should be regulating the minimum wages here so that across the board people are able to participate in the economy. Okay. That, I think, would also sort of decrease the range in buying power and therefore decrease the value in a dollar nationally, and that improves the economy for all of us. So, Okay, so Andy, on, on that, and I, I like where you're going with this constitutionally because it's like hardly ever talked about. I mean, even in the preamble, it, it talks about the promotion of general welfare. Uh, Section 8, when you go down, it, it talks about, again, you know, the Congress will have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, excises, uh, pay the debts, and provide for the general welfare. My, my question is this, with, with the knowledge that there's going to be hundreds of different national minimum, there would have to be hundreds of different minimum wages recognized in order to make the the buying and purchasing power equal, wouldn't it be better to just let what happened in the Tenth Amendment go and say it's up to the states? I mean, because that's still the role of well, the government, right? Well, isn't it better if, well, I mean, this is where I don't see it, how it's bad. If you have a minimum wage that allows you to be livable in the city mm-hmm. and that wage is excessive or, you know, very well out in the country, doesn't that just increase your power out in the country? Uh, doesn't that provide incentive for people to live in more rural areas instead of all clustering in urban areas? Well, you would think so. You know what I mean? You provide different yeah. other you, you provide other incentives for things to balance out. Yeah, you would think that too, right? I mean, and I, I get what you're saying, and that makes sense. The the issue there, at least from the way that I see it, different locations have different kinds of money, right? So just because you raise the minimum wage in Biloxi, Mississippi, doesn't mean Biloxi is going to have any more money. Right, like where does that extra money come from? That's why in, in, in let's say Arkansas, just looking at my Pew research, you know, fifteen bucks an hour um, is is actually quite quite a bit, right? Like thirteen bucks an hour would be like what making fifteen bucks an hour would be in Wisconsin. Whereas in California, fifteen bucks an hour is like being poor still. You're making eleven bucks an hour. And Andy, thanks for your call because we're kind of up against it. So you know, listen, I, I on premise, 
we understand the United States government has the ability and very much so, therefore, like Andy mentioned, the right to make a national minimum wage. And they've done so since, I believe, 1938. My problem with putting 15 bucks an hour as the catch-all is, like you said earlier, Rick, 15 bucks an hour right now looks good in, in a lot of places. What about 10 years from now? Are people going to stomach $25 an hour minimum wages? And, and what is then the incentive? Like we've had a number of text messengers this, this afternoon say, you know, those jobs generally were for the initial, like your initial for for you into the working world, right? Like, so this was going to be one of your first jobs. You, you hope that it's not the job that you have for the rest of your life. Uh, if that is the case, then that's a separate issue right there in and of itself. See, I don't believe that all people are endowed with the same intelligence, the same abilities, the same acumen. I think some people are just more talented than others, and they're always going to make more. They're, they're always going to produce more. We need to adjust the, the salary based on inflation. That's true. How about uh, everyone wears a Fitbit and any amount of steps uh-huh. they take uh-huh. in a day? You know what? You're getting real close to it. A measure kind of government. Measure yeah. their uh-huh. stress levels in a day. Man, I stress <laughs> out tomorrow when i got to do this show. Uh-huh. I don't know what to talk about. Uh-huh. should be getting paid 50 bucks an hour tomorrow. <laughs> Listen to you. And I think that, hey, you know, when we ask for, a, and I don't have this exact quote in front of me, so I don't want to just completely butcher it, but uh, to paraphrase from this really interesting book I'm reading right now, which is called Ain't Nobody's Business If You Do. It's all about freedom, right? Consensual freedom and acts of consensual freedom. But if you want a big brother as your government, you'll get one and everything that comes with that. Okay, Some people are fine with knowing exactly where to go in the morning, where to go at night, what they're going to have for dinner. Everything's going to be safe. As a matter of fact, there's a place that uh, a lot of Americans live in right now, Rick, where you're completely safe from the outside world, you get three hots in a cot, you get a certain amount of exercise time. It's called prison, okay? You're, you're in prison. So it's just, look, as far as empathy goes, I, I think the role of the government, to answer my own question with respect to the distribution of empathy, comes in the ability of the government to make business more accessible to people. If government would get off of small business, and I don't mean like, Small business, 500 employees, which is the definition in in a lot of cases. I mean small business, 20 to 25 employees. If they would take the incredible burden tax-wise off of people that are small business owners, like real small business owners, we wouldn't have a lot of these issues. If we didn't fall into crony capitalism, which we do, in which your friend is going to get something because I know a friend over here, don't worry, we're fine. Okay. Well, the texture says, does a Walmart greeter deserve $15 an hour, really? A, I no. think Walmart got rid of those greeters. And B, I mean, the dude's got to sit there and greet people for $15 an hour. Like, all he does is sit there. I mean, okay. it's not hard, but it's pretty tedious. Yeah, it is tedious. So, And who knows? Maybe that makes you an athlete. I did a show on this this morning. Are NASCAR drivers athletes? Well, if you look at the Webster's Merriam you know, Dictionary, you can see it says something that requires a lot of things or stamina. So, sure, maybe he's an athlete. You know, and, and, and that's fine. If businesses want to get behind that, it, in Bank of America, you brought this up to me off air, 20 bucks an hour, minimum wage, good. Let that be the thing. For hourly workers. For hourly workers. Great. So yes. how many hourly workers do they have? They uh, probably only have like four. Well, yeah, now, because bank tellers, where's that going? Way of automation. Something else we've talked about here. Where are the jobs? Going to go to the robots. All right, so we're just about out of time. Uh, thanks, everybody. Really appreciate the interaction today. It's been great. I know I didn't hit everybody's text message like I wish I could. Uh, but don't forget the Better Hearing Center talking text on 7579.14 coming up tomorrow. Uh, Rick, you're back in the saddle. It should be a fun one. Who knows what it's going to, you know, who, who knows what you're going to talk about, but it should be a fun one. Might be texting and driving. Oh, I like it. All right, you guys have a safe night out there texting and driving, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday.